Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today we are digging a little bit more into coffee botany. Last week we kind of did more of a, uh, I guess you could say, kind of an intro to yep. it. We, we went a little deeper, but uh, today we're going to kind of, uh, it's going to be a continuation of that mm-hmm. and we're going to uh, to keep going and digging into it. It makes me realize uh, as we keep digging into it, you dig into anything and you realize this goes down deep and we could get really, we could probably spend the next year on coffee botany, but I think we'd lose all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is crazy. Like, I mean, it, I think you were, and maybe I may be jumping way ahead of everything, but uh, I, I think that we had talked about it earlier. It could be such a boring topic. Like it could be yes. just mind numbing. It, it's Yeah, you're could right. Be, it's like at be. school when you're listening to math or history or whatever it may be, you think, what? And what on earth relevance does this have to me? And you sort of turn off. Right. Until you sort of get further down life a little bit, you realize, ooh, I wish I'd listened to the history class because who is Bonaparte? Who is, you know, George Washington? What did they do? Because where I live right now, it makes sense. I need to know. It'd be good to know about him. When's the last time you used Bonaparte? Bonaparte. He's a French man. Right. I know who he is. Well, when's the last time you used him? (laughs) It was just an illustration. Okay. okay. Because you're right. Some parts I didn't need to know. Right. Like Bonaparte. Like Bonaparte. (laughs) Whereas others I did need to know. And I'm thinking of botany. Uh, When I did zoology at at university, I thought, what on earth am I doing this just to be here? I don't really know. But uh, now I look back and think, wow, it had some parts Mm. about learning about scientific technique how to study something right and botany was included in this topic and i used to think whoa but now i realize it makes sense uh it helps me understand what i'm even drinking in the cup now and i think it makes so much sense to as you get more into coffee as you become more interested in the process or the parts that make up coffee how does it you know it's it's you know how does it how does that coffee get into your cup? What what things are changing the coffee? Mm-hmm. What things are yeah, yeah. affecting that in the growing process? What types of trees are there? I mean, there's so much to it. I think of it like I think we had talked about like music previously. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start playing an instrument, at first it's like, ah, I'll just get any instrument. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it becomes, okay, now I want to get a better instrument. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to get something that does this and I want strings that are made this way. And like you start really getting into the, the details, the finer. And injury's a good, it's a good illustration. I think you not only just whatever instrument, if you choose like you and I did right. a bass guitar you start or when you hear music now you hear a group playing away there just booging away there and you hear <laughs> what do we you and I hear we hear the bass oh look you hear that little rift they did there that's different whereas before we didn't have a clue right we're just getting more interested in it and realizing you can go as deep as you want absolutely so that was a long introduction, wasn't it? That was more <laughs> more than usual, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> so as we get into it, last week we finished up talking about the tree. We talked about how each tree only has four thousand beans ish on it and you get about a pound of coffee from it so there is really you know it takes a lot of trees to make a lot of coffee especially when you think of how many bags you see in the store they're all using the same coffee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how is that real yeah i mean they're using a lot of trees of coffee i mean must be huge farms they're huge and there are huge farms you go to brazil you'll find huge farm and on the other side of that you go to ethiopia and you find this little farm uh-huh it's not you wouldn't call it a farm it's like a, a quarter of a paddock it's a, <laughs> it's it's just a little plot and yeah uh, how do they survive they do it by co-op by mixing up with other farmers and and joining yeah. up because 
coffee, that, that cup of coffee we have in the morning or in the evening, whenever we have it, right. uh, it takes a lot of coffee trees to get that packet, a whole tree to get just the one pound. Well, and there's a whole other part to coffee there, economy of how do you scale oh, things, mm, how do you yeah. Yeah, all that That's stuff. That's an important topic, but yeah. But uh, let's start by talking about, you know, kind of the nursery stage of coffee. What does it take to grow coffee? And we may have kind of touched on some of these things briefly in the, the last episode, but we want to start with soil. Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. important is soil? <laughs> I mean, I mean again, obviously, it's what it grows in, so right. it's got to be somewhat it, 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 important. You can't, yeah, you can't just grow it in space, but um, <laughs> it needs soil, you're right. But that's where that you start digging down. I don't mean to use the word digging. <laughs> You're digging down into it. And you start realizing we could spend time just on the soil because I don't know a lot about soil other than uh, it's dirt. <laughs> and that it's got different chemicals, your phosphorus content there, ammonia. There's a whole lot of things, chemicals just in that soil. And those amounts and proportions of those different uh chemicals in there mm. uh, make a difference to growing anything, let alone a coffee tree that has these very pe- uh, particular requirements. If you give it too much potassium, it's going to go, no thanks, not enough potassium, not no thanks, just the right amount, I'm going to grow. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting, we were talking about the complexity of just coffee, but then there's so many subsets of, oh, what's the complexity of soil? What's yeah, the complexity f- of the might. chemicals that make up that? How does... How does that all work? We have to make another podcast, not dirt on stuff. coffee, but on dirt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. But it does take good soil. And that's kind of a yeah. kind of a no-duh. But, but, but it does, you're right, it's not no-duh in a sense because it needs good soil. And, right. And how do you get good soil? You fertilize, whether it's natural or, or not. Yeah. Um, is how deep does the soil level go? Is is it thick? Is it dry? Yeah. There's a whole lot of things go there. Just well, the soil, the tree's going to go. I can grow here, or I can't grow. Well, here. and even just the agricultural knowledge it takes to understand how to cultivate good soil. Yeah, yeah. We were talking with Michael Ryan a couple weeks ago mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. and he was talking about working in China and educating people on best practices for cultivating good farms for coffee and how to sustain soil year over year and some stuff like that. And it was just like. I would be a horrible coffee farmer. <laughs> My soil would be terrible. We were, you and I were talking before we started on, we're talking about the difference between Arabica and Robusta. We may get there today. Who knows? Um, Big. Uh, but mono, mono, what did I call that? Mono, mono culture, mono, oh, oh, mono production. What it meant, mono meaning. <laughs> I'll meant, look at it while you, you Okay, talking. It means one, in fact, they, they grow the tree that year and then they grow it again next year and they grow it in the same place next year and it actually starts using up all the nutrients and there are no more nutrients. Mono cropping. Good, thank you, Reed. Oh, mate. Our fact checker there. <laughs> but, uh, and if you grow it too long in one place. Right suddenly you've you've taken all the nutrients and it doesn't grow the same yield as it did last year. Well, wasn't there, I think there was a, oh, I don't know the name, George Washington, not George Washington, the president, but a different George Washington mm-hmm. that found out that growing peanuts in the off season helped revitalize soil. Makes sense. I don't know how that relates to coffee, but, but that kind of idea yeah. that there, there is, you know, if you keep sucking mm-hmm. nutrients out of the ground with a plant, mm-hmm. then you need something to reintroduce that that's right the whole horticultural i'm sure there's i mean they discover practices of and for coffee it is i know as well what do you grow in the off season let's grow something else to change the nutrients change the soil up again right 
um, but you've got timings to go there and production and where the people are going to come. They come to pick the coffee trees, then they go somewhere else, another country, where they pick the pineapples or whatever, whatever crop it's going to well, be. Well, I think even last week we talked about temperature of the soil Whoa. is important. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's just so much cruciality, if that's a word. That's a good word. If it's I'm, not, if it's it should not, be. I'm going to make it. I'm going to yeah. enter it into Google. Oh, right. But I was here when you did that. <laughs> but there's so much that's crucial just in even the soil. Yeah. Without even getting to the environment outside of the soil. I know. Above ground. Oh, altitude. We've got all these things oh. to come. We're so getting let's, ahead let's, of let's, let's, let's slow it down for a second okay. and go back to the flower. Okay. So the flower, when does that appear on coffee? How many years does it take for the flower to come out? I haven't waited to see it happen, but I've been <laughs> told it takes three to four years for a, a coffee plant. Once it's, you know, the seedling, you grow up the soldiers, and then it takes three... Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. You said something. You said soldiers. So, oh, yeah. Now, if you weren't here on the last podcast, oh, okay, sorry. a soldier, if you were to plant the... Well, I'll throw a photo on the screen if you're watching. Wow. I'll put a link to it if you're not watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soldiers, essentially, if you were to plant the bean... Okay, you got the coffee cherry... You take all that apart. All right, coffee cherries, the layers coffee all fruit. come off, and you've got down good. You got down to the coffee uh, seed now. This is a usually, green version yep, of what the brown piece you see ground up for your coffee. That's right. It's smaller or it's two halves normally. Right, and you take that and you plant that into soil. The stuff we're talking about. So you have the coffee bean, and then a shoot comes out the bottom. Yep, the roots come out down the bottom. Not the and shoots really, but the sh- the, the roots. Well, it sh- I mean it, it shoots, shoots out. out. It shoots out. I hear yeah. what you're saying. It's not a shoot, and that pushes up. The what was the coffee seed? So it looks like a bean on a stem. Yep, it does. And that's a soldier. And that's a soldier because you get a whole lot of them all in a row, and I guess they call them soldiers, soldiers. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> but so that's what you mean. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop. No, it's a good point. Describing it, soldiers. You see that? It's funny. You, that picture you may show is it shows you that coffee seed coming up, and that becomes the leaves of the first two leaves of the coffee tree, and and it's you, you've started the whole nursery process, right? And uh, so that's what, sorry, that's what soldiers are. And I don't even know how we got there now, but flowers after, yep. I yep. mean, I guess you have to have a soldier to have a tree, then a flower. But exactly. Yep. You've planted that soldier um, and then you've gotten a tree or a coffee plant to grow for three to four years. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then you have gotten zero coffee for that time. Oh my, what, uh, what considering you, that, that, that one tree that's been growing for three to four years is only going to produce one pound of coffee. Oh my, well, per year. Per year, and at gonna, the right altitude. And it's going to last 30 years, perhaps. So, so you're going to get 30 pounds. 30 pounds. <laughs> Whoa, mate, do the stats. <laughs> but after three to four years, you get a flower for the first time. You're super excited. Yes. You're, ex- you're stoked. You're- you wake up that morning, you, you s- smell the air, you go, I can smell the coffee flower. It smells like a jasmine. It, it's, it, wow. Yeah. And, well, and, and last week, we're in podcasting years. Last week. Yes. Um, you <laughs> talked about when you were in Brazil and Ethiopia, the aroma of coffee oh, as you were just in the country. Uh, it was is that the, the flower you were talking about? It was the flower. And it was in Ethiopia. In Brazil, they weren't flowering at the time I was there. So I didn't get to smell the flower. It was just right. leaves. Um, but in Ethiopia, you go down these dirt roads and you would smell the flowers. They're just growing wild. And yes. I, like you think about it, I don't know if a, I'm obviously not great at flowers, but I don't know, dandelions or some kind of flower that you see here that if you could smell, I've got a cold at the moment, so I can't really smell. <laughs> but, you know, like it's just something natural and abundant. It's like when you go yeah. to the redwood forest and you yeah. smell redwood trees. Yeah. 
You smell because so, there's a bunch of redwood trees. Yeah, it's just they're there and they're naturally there and, and coffee trees in Ethiopia particularly are naturally there. Right. And you smell them and people just have them in their gardens growing up probably like, they would probably call them weeds. Oh, got to get rid of them. They've got so many of these bloody coffee trees like around. Like blackberry bushes in Oregon. Black, yeah, yeah, could be. <laughs> um, so you've got your flower. Yes. Now this flower. Yes. Self-pollinating. Oh, Boom. We, man. Easy. Oh, we, we go, man, oh, boom, because we've <laughs> been talking about self-pollination and what that means. And again, you should have been listening in your science class. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wasn't. And neither was I, so I had to look it up. <laughs> we had to go to the uh, the Academy of Google. <laughs> That's right, mate. <laughs> but we looked it up and it was, and I'm not going to be able to explain this scientifically, Dad. Mm-hmm. You might have a I might have one or more words. I don't know. But the flower essentially has everything it needs to pollinate itself within yep. the flower. Yep. And when you say pollinate, so that it can actually produce um, the the cherries again, right? Um, right. So that yeah. So compared to self pollination, what's the opposite of self pollination? Is I'm not sure what the opposite. selfless pollination. <laughs> <laughs> You've just made up another word. <laughs> I'll enter that one into Google. But uh, um, self pollinate, it can the plant the, the plant can do it. I think itself. of it like blueberries. Cross pollination. Cross-pollination, that's the word. Because and blueberries, have, as far as I know, wow. have to have two different types of blueberry plants right next to each other so they can cross-pollinate right, to grow you're blueberries. Brilliant. I know that's what, uh, what's the tree we have at the backyard here? That has to have two, a male and a female tree. Uh, Dogwood? No, 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 fruit tree that we're growing. Fijoa. Fijoa, yeah. that's right. So there's that, which does take insects or the wind. Yep. And... If you got the wind, it's a lot less consistent. You know, yeah, who yeah. knows? I mean, but self-pollination, it can actually, what we are reading is that basically as the, the flower is growing, before it even blossoms, opens up the flower, mm-hmm. it can already be shedding some of that pollen. You've got the male, female, the stamen, the stigma, all these things that yeah. you learned in botany. Um, birds and the bees. <laughs> it is the birds and the bees. <laughs> it's I like, yeah. Anyway, the, um, but they, they touch, they, they get. The but that pollinated easy now. We're getting into a whole new type of podcast here. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and voila. I'm just gonna say voila. You can talk to your parents about how, <laughs> what <laughs> voila is. <laughs> and and uh, I'm not gonna talk to you, okay. even though you're my parent. Okay, <laughs> it's already been done. Um, oh, too much. Sorry, the uh, and the tree. That's the good thing about a, a coffee tree is is suddenly it it is able to do that by itself, right? Compared to having other things uh, things happening to make it make it possible, which is interesting because it almost seems like a a courtesy, and I know that it's not, but like with the complexity of coffee, with the altitude, all the differences you have to have to grow coffee appropriately and have it taste fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice that it self-pollinates. Yeah, it's sort of helpful, isn't it? I agree with, I agree <laughs> it's like with you. one little piece that's oh, like, ah. Oh, the farmer can go, whew. Yeah. <laughs> I can stay in tonight. But I think we talked about it last week as well, but like if you use bees, farmers were finding yes. 50% more. 50%, that's right. More, what would you call it? More production. Pollination. More um, pollination. Yeah, it happens 50% more. Uh, chance more productivity as you're saying uh, it increases the likelihood of good cherries coming out of the tree and yeah. more yield of, of that that tree so these bees these insects they have been doing work with them and saying actually it's important that they are around it's important that we have right. trees around that it's like, it's like having a insects. fact checker a fact checker 
you know, mm-hmm. you can fill out. It's well, let me. It's like so. It's like filling out your quiz, your test, mm-hmm. and then having another person come behind you and just make sure all of it's filled out. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it, it it shows you also the importance of having forests there that you're not just taking them all away because that forest attracts insects and other things. Which shade. some you want, some you want, some you don't. Yeah, true. There are some you don't, but typically you're gonna. It's gonna attract the good stuff, right? And it's gonna shade the trees below it so they're not gonna get burnt. And whereas in Brazil, you don't need that so much, but most of the world that grows arabica trees. It's going to need shade because right. they don't want to just burn it off because the temperatures, as we were saying earlier, is an important part of it. Right. So cherries, we're going to go through just, this is not intensely complex at all. No. But the uh, the way that they go is over time they go from, or I guess they go from like a, where they start green. Yeah. Yeah. Go kind of a yellow orange and then red yeah and depending on the varietal right some even go pink i mean it depends what your the end result is but they change color and that's a determinant of where the ripeness is where how sweet the sugars are working in that plant photosynthesis working here so different coffees could end up their final color being a different yes like yellow or something yep yellow couture i could, think of it like that old uh cherry tree we used to have in the backyard of the other house oh yes Yes. And there was like three cherries types grafted into the tree. Weird, I know, yeah. But one was yellow. Yep. One was red. Mm-hmm. And then one was like yellow red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was and just, they all tasted good in different ways. Yeah, they did all have a different taste. The point here, though, is you're talking about the change of color coffee is in all that cherry tree at home. If you pick them too soon, you go yuck, no matter which color it was. Right. It's just too hard. Unripe is unripe. Unripe is unripe. And you think about that, and we may have seen this before, but if mm. you're, I've said to you jokingly that a coffee picker going up the side of the Andes, and that was a bit of extreme, but <laughs> it's high altitude in Andes and there's probably some pretty steep terrain to get as through. As you abseil down to get to the coffee. Okay, as the helicopters are above <laughs> and you're going, yeah, okay. Right, but like the idea that, you know, but, it's just not, it's not, it's not reasonable, or it doesn't make economic sense to have hire someone to go out and pick twenty times in a season when they could just go out twice, right? Or for two periods, of and time. yet it does make economic sense to pick just twenty times in the season to pick just the the right well, ones that they taste better and we'll pay more for them. Well, let me throw this curveball okay, in there. Do it. Poop. Ooh, what? <laughs> Poop coffee. So when you oh. get coffee from like <laughs> like monkeys or whatever, I caught up to you now. <laughs> But, you know, there's always that, oh, have you had that poop coffee? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like the the animals that are picking those the fruit mm-hmm. are only picking the fruit for the actual fruit content. They're not and chewing they're, up the beans. And they're picking which ones? They're picking the ripe, the ripe ones. ones. There you go. And so it's like having a worker going out constantly, mm-hmm. all the time, only picking the best ones. Yeah. But that's... Yeah, and you some places you can't hire a some bunch place, of monkeys, <laughs> right, <laughs> or elephants, or, or possums, whatever those animals are. I think they're in Indonesia. I but, don't know. Uh, yeah, that's another. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, but uh, that's where some places are cottoning on to that and realizing that if we pay our workers a little more in wage, right, just to pick those ones, they start learning. Okay, if I do don't pick that one, but I pick this one, I'm going to get paid more. I'll do that. Well, and I think that's another part where another podcast, another day, but that's another part to the education process for coffee farming and coffee culture in all countries is important, even Mm -hmm. for the coffee, the person just working on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. You might work at a job right now that you're not 
you don't love the job, but you mm -hmm. do it for the money. Mm -hmm. So you may not know everything about the job. I'm sure that's the same with some coffee places. Oh, very much so. I'm and sure. so it's like if we can educate those people who are picking the the fruit, we can actually get a better cup as well. Which then moves into that's quite often the case. It's just a survival thing for the right. pickers to do that. <clears throat> How can you therefore invest in their lives to right. start making them feel more quality of life? So, and that's where you get the whole revolution of of this farm. I was one of our farms in Guatemala does this right now, and I think this is good. This is going the right direction. Yeah. Where let's build a school. So when the picker is picking the the cherry. Uh, they know their kid is back home learning e education and I they like then our school's out, they can come and pick as well. Great. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got things called uh, hospitals and medical attention to those those pickers who get grazed, who get sick, who their kids do. And now you're starting to um, help and improve the whole livelihood of those people. So it's, for some, it still will be just a job because they would rather be with doing something else right to others they go i could this the sustainable i could do this this could i could have a living on this mm -hmm. i like that that's yeah. cool i mean that sort of got off, <laughs> off the tangent there but yeah to, to course correct for a second just for the sake of this this episode i want to talk about the layers in the bean um, another yeah. good image that i'll throw up on whatever oh, yeah. camera that is, is looking good, yeah. at us yeah. but yeah um it is so interesting it to is. think about how many layers there are that we miss out on. I think you have a really cool thing that actually Olivia made or oh, helped make. Our, was that daughter, Russian daughter, doll? My daughter. It's it, You took like a Russian yeah. doll and, and painted it like a coffee bean and it has all the layers. But yeah, that, that, Those Russian dolls that you take the big one off and you get uh -huh. to the next layer, you take that one off, there's something inside that one. Right. And I don't think people realize often that a coffee cherry is just like that and we're going to get on to the processing of mm. how they – what they do to take that off and how different ways they do it to get rid of the, 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 the fruit, the mucilage part of but, it. But what are the, how many layers are there? Well, I mean, the diagram we've got in front of us here has got about seven. I, I've seen more detailed diagrams of way more than just seven layers. Yeah. Well, we'll start with just the seven. Today. We'll start with seven. Okay. Okay. But so I'll just go through them super fast. You yes. stop me if there's one you like, oh, we need to talk about that okay. one. Okay. But there's the center cut, which is the very center. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Sorry, you said to stop you. <laughs> there's the bean, which yeah. we've all seen roasted. Yeah. Um, I probably should say the, uh -huh. there's two beans. There's two beans. In well, one. there's one bean and half, I probably should say. Is there always... No, you're no, you're right. There's one called the pea berry, which is a whole history. Like essentially, itself. both halves merged. merged. It's sort of a defect, but it's not. It's a defect right. that tastes really, really good. Hmm. But you don't want to take all the pea berries out just and then leave leave the ones that don't have the pea berries, the ones that are joined together, because now you'll have a a cherry that doesn't taste as good because the pea berries add to goodness of the quality. Oh my! Anyway, sorry. Uh, then you've got the silver skin. I'll be quiet. <laughs> the parchment or the hole. Mm -hmm. The pectin layer, pulp, mm -hmm. outer skin, or the cascara. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. And I think it's interesting because I've, it, you know, we're at Caravan. I've eaten, they had a coffee tree. They might still have the mm -hmm. coffee tree. They do. They still do. Um, and I've had eaten a cherry from that before. Mm. And it is interesting. It gives you a whole new perspective. It's just, I mean, it tastes kind of like, it doesn't taste like much to be no, honest. No, it's a mild sort it's of. It's a very note watery, to it. light yeah. note. And it may be just our, our caravan tree that we haven't <laughs> yeah, done very well. <laughs> Low altitude, whatever we've done to it. <laughs> but it, there's so many layers. You you know, you know eat the cherry off of it, and then there's that mucilage or the pulp around the I outside. would stop you right there because oh, yeah. we have, we've been getting, one stage we've we got some cascara, you call it, the outer skin. 
Yeah. Which usually you make tea out of it. Exactly. You can. You can buy it online. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about what's in some funky teas, mm-hmm. and some of it's just like orange peel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, why not do it out of? And they do. Bean cherry. They peel. would say uh, that it's you know full of antioxidants. It's good for you. It's it's all that stuff. But right. really, the farmer when they take that first outer layer off the right. cascara, uh, they can either just put it back in as fertilizer because it's good for the trees that are growing those three to five year trees growing. Mm, they the can put the salt and the soldiers, <laughs> and uh, uh, or they could use it to. They sometimes use it to burn. Um, not to just burn off, but put into the drying, when they dry the seeds, mm. they put it into their dry machines. And they actually, I've seen them where they use wood and cascara to, as a source of, of fuel to burn, to heat, heat the drying machines. Yeah. Wow. There's so a lot there's of, a lot of ways you can use you that. Can, you, you can. You can. Well, I want to jump really quickly. I'm going to jump over a, quite a bit of notes here. I'm going to jump from... The oh, seed. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even got to that really, but yeah, okay. What are you doing? We're going to jump to Arabica versus Robusta. I wonder, Reed. Yeah. We're at 24 minutes already, and this is a big topic. Maybe maybe we save this for another episode. Because I was saying to you earlier, when you get to the Arabica Robusta, there's mm. Liberica, there's Excelsior, there's a whole lot of species of coffees you're talking so, about. Some of those sound like spells. <laughs> <laughs> they they probably some of are Excelsiamos. <laughs> whoa, oh wow, mate. The uh, some of them are spells. So that good, you just just woo spellbound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what I'm what I was getting to here, I think we're onto a topic that is really really important. I agree, and I don't think we want to just skip into this in five minutes. It's going to take a whole podcast, if not more, because you're talking about the whole importance of that species. I think we may have said it right at the beginning mm-hmm. that species is going to end up in a cup. Right. And <clears throat> whether you have an Arabica or Robusta, mm-hmm. they're going to end up in a cup. If you have an Arabica, you're going to break it down, as you were saying, to Tipica and Bourbon and a whole lot of, and that's going to end up in the cup. Right. And so what the farmer does there is going to end up on in our pallets. Well, let me, I, I, I completely agree. I think it's way important enough to be able to dedicate more than just what we have left over in today for that. So let's throw a little teaser in there. Yes. Let's let the people know what we might be talking about next time, mm-hmm. because we did some research today about just the different altitudes you can grow mm-hmm. them at, mm-hmm. root depth, yeah, how big the roots are, how close can you plant all the coffees, yeah, how much the robusta versus arabica produce, yeah, these have huge impacts on the farmer and what the money he's going to get yeah. for it and how quickly he's going to get the money or not. Yeah, I was amazed by the size of leaves on some mm-hmm. of the different species and different things yeah. like that. So there's just so many different parts to that flavor profile, sugar content, fat content, caffeine content, oh, all these different it things. It blows your mind. So next week, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about the different types of coffee. Which is right. The different types of coffee. And there's, they, I, I read one first book I read, it said there's 120 species. That includes Arabica, Robusta, and all the other ones. Right. Then the next one I read, they've got uh, now 129. Yeah. They're discovering more of them. Um, and you're realizing this is getting bigger and bigger. Well, and to end on. Yes. This was a mind-blowing, just bomb. Whoa. This is what this was. What's that? When you told me today. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Well, I think you are because you told me. Oh, okay. But that <laughs> the uh, Arabica bean, yes. they may have discovered mm. that Arabica came from Robusta. Oh, poof, mate. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. Mind. 
absolutely blown. Which they only discovered the robust, uh, not that in the Congo, not that long ago, in the, like the 40s or something. But wow, yes, we will talk about that. Yeah. So join us next week for that. And again, thank you for joining us this week for all that we've talked about this week. We got a little excited, didn't we? <laughs> it was a, it, this was there was a lot of fun stuff, and it was in this botany. <laughs> I know I was never this excited about botany. I was I. <laughs> But again, thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. Um, thank you to Josh, who had suggested some different camera styles. Oh, yes. Which we tried to implement. I hope, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. And again, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, you can contact us on our website or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Instagram's a good one at the moment. I'm on there quite a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, feel free to send us a, send us a note, send us a suggestion, send us a whatever. Mm-hmm. Something nice, but whatever. Um, anyway, and we'll join you next week for some talk about Arabica versus Robusta Ooh. versus all the other I hope people get to sleep tonight. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>